0: Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and gather back together. I'm loving the buzz. So even if you're talking about something different right now, it makes me feel really good. Because, because I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm like, everyone's loving Psalm 119. They all had a favorite verse. They're talking about this uh, chapter. Um, I thought that uh, this ninth chapter... Um, like sometimes when you read about reading the Bible Christocentrically, you can kind of get to a weird place, like, like you've got to um, find in every little uh, thing Jesus. And so every little bit of the Old Testament is going to somehow like, oh, that thing means this. I thought that, that, that this chapter was, was kind of a nice take on a big picture that we want to read the, the whole Bible as Christians, And so we know that Jesus is the hero of Scripture. He has this great quote here. The Bible is one ultimate plan, one ultimate plot, one ultimate champion, one ultimate king. This is what Christocentrically means, centered on Christ. And so we don't want to uh, go and try to read Scripture as non-Christians. We don't want to pretend we are Old Testament Jews. Yes, sometimes we we, we let the suspense of the story build, and we know, I know the answer, I know the answer. And the answer is, uh, is, is Christ. Were there any questions about that uh, ninth chapter of our little yellow book? If you like the little yellow book, I think for our next mini class, we're going to have a little green book. So yeah, you have a little series of little books. Okay, great. Well, we will uh, uh, keep moving then. This is our sixth and final week of this class, but Lord willing, um, you've learned some skills that will help you uh, to continue to grow and enjoying, enjoying reading God's Word. Um, I'm going to give a promo for our next class at the end of this class, but uh, if you flip to the back, there is still some work for the week for, for the week. Uh, coming up and one of those is um let's see here is to keep doing what you've been doing a way to keep doing what you've been doing i don't think i put it there is to keep going through psalm 119 that could be a lifelong practice for you to take an eight verse chunk i believe there's 22 of them take your eight verse chunk and just meditate on it that week Or or, or take one of those verses a day. Really, though, the eight verse chunks are a lot of fun because you can often see that they have a little story there or or there's a theme. And if you work hard uh, with those eight verse chunks and kind of meditate on it by by Saturday, you're going to like, I'm going to try to summarize in one sentence what this eight verse is chunk is and sometimes there's a little bit more drama going on you can see that he's going through a flexion and uh, and so those eight verse chunks so try to keep doing that um, and just take one a week for the rest of your life and you'll be set um, let, let's see though uh, also if you haven't um maybe you haven't seen the growth in consistency yet that you've wanted with this uh, class um I can't say strong enough. If you want to develop a habit, you're going to have to have a plan. And so if you don't have a habit, it's probably because you don't have a plan. So I've said it many times, I'll say it again. If you want to spend time in God's word tomorrow morning, it's going to take you to do a little planning today, or unless you've got a really good habit already, it may not happen. Now, if you've already developed a habit, you don't even need... need to worry about it because you're already planning what time you're going to go to bed because you already know what time you're going to get up and you already know where in the Bible you're going to, 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 to be reading and you're all ready for it. But if that is not your habit, then you can start tonight or this afternoon and say tomorrow, where am I going to be reading? Or where am I going to read for the next week or for the next month? Or where, what Bible reading plan am I going to do? what time do I need to go to bed tonight? Where is my phone going to be until my Bible reading is, is done? Our family has been talking about charging our phones in a different room, so that is not the first thing we look at when we wake up, getting alarm clocks so that we are not distracted first thing. I don't know if you've ever struggled with that. Pick up your phone and you're like, and I'm off. And it can be work-related or sports-related or all kinds of things. So, so, so try to take that challenge to say, is my Bible time planned for tomorrow? And if not, what do I need to do to make that happen? Those of you who have already done this, have been enjoying the benefit. Some of that for years, and so that today can be the start of you really starting a, a habit that you're going to enjoy for the rest of your life. So, plan and 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 Psalm one nineteen. Okay, we're going to try to do a little review here, but learn some new things, and uh, let's try to jump into this. Okay, so we've been talking about enjoying enjoying God's Word. I've said it several times, this is just a rough definition, it's this idea of, of getting the intended value out of God's Word, what God means to communicate to you, so that we respond with the appropriate response. And that may not always be the the peak emotional feeling, um, but it may be hope. I've got hope today because that was a hopeful passage. My mind was blown away by who God is, so I'm worshiping him. I want to obey him. I'm feeling joy. I'm remembering. I'm thanking. I'm confessing. I'm repenting. I'm rejoicing. I'm mourning. All of those are good responses, and we could come up with many more. So if that is what you are doing as you come out of your Bible time, that is enjoying God enjoying God's word and we can go to God's word hopefully because he's a kind God right he's not a God who wrote just a bunch a bunch of kind of like 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 mystic sayings that we look at and just kind of like scratching our heads right he's not playing games with us God communicates so he's a good God and we can go to his word hopefully we've been learning a lot about reading. Uh, I, 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 I had this fun conversation with Pastor Joshua. How it's funny, we, are, we don't often teach people how to read God's Word, but lots of times we learn how to study. So lots of churches, and maybe you've been in one or have done some learning to study the Bible, and you learn about commentaries and, and, and lexicons and, and hermeneutics and these things to answer all your questions, and that's good, but sometimes we forget to ask the right questions because we haven't even read and so we can spend a lot of time missing out on the main things. Is studying your Bible valuable? Yes, but I think we need to learn how to read. So we've been talking about learning to read and, 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 and some tolerance as, as we read for the things that we don't understand. Uh, Pastor Joshua has been putting the, the uh, Exodus uh, Bible reading on a podcast. He's been recording it. If you just want some, some, some hints in reading, we just started this Thursday uh, on, on Exodus 20, which is the, 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 the Ten Commandments. But Pastor Joshua gives a primer in reading God's law. There's a lot of law. So how are we going to read it? Well, some of it is we're going to have to have some tolerance because it was written to someone else 3, 400 years ago. But you're still going to see God's heart. So, okay, so we need to learn to read. We need to learn to feel. We keep t- talking about what is the vibe of this. Uh, we, 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 we've talked some about learning to interpret how we want to know what God the author is saying to that original audience. And as we do that, and as well as the human author, we're going to figure out what God is saying to, to, to us. We've talked about the main things and what is the main takeaway from, from this passage often. For our Bible times in the morning, and that, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, that main thing is going to be more than enough uh, to, to be accountable uh, for that day, and more than enough to help us obey or worship or remember or thank or read Christocentrically as we see, I need a Savior. Um, so we are learning to, to, to interpret, focus on the main things. We've talked some about context and listening to context. Uh, there is that local context of just the things that are going on right in in in, in that passage that I don't understand. The First Corinthians two passage uh, uh, one and two last week we learned some about local context and it, it was fun. I was I was reading a, a, a fairy tale to the girls and, and it talked um, it talked about fairy giving gifts to these girls that they kind of mentored and one of the gifts that the, one of the fairies gave was the gift uh, 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 of uh, uh, of of eloquence and was like oh it was like in corinth like life. they loved eloquence well, that's just a little about local context she learned some about first century corinth there's a historical context about how this fits into the bigger flow of of the bible does this, does this book fit in like like we'll do a little looking at daniel this morning which takes place during the the exile if that exile is like i don't know what he's talking about Come, come, come and talk to me. We can point you to some resources where to some extent you should be able to look at any book of the Bible and say, oh, this takes place during the time of the kings. This takes place during the time of, of the exile. This takes place during the time of Jesus when he was alive on earth. I know that because it's a gospel. Um, and, and, and we want to help you with that historical context. There's also the, the, the biblical context and and that is some to, 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 to do with that, uh, that Smithers book uh, uh, about uh, uh, reading the Bible Christocentrically. We know it's part of a big story and God has a big redemption plan. And we talked last time about following some of those themes uh, back to Christ of king and kingdoms and sin and sacrifice and holiness and priests and savior and salvation and God's presence in the temple and law and judgment. And all of them can lead us directly to Jesus Christ and to our need for a savior. Um, We talked last time uh, uh, about About uh, just some mistakes to avoid, and we're uh, going to continue with some principles to practice. So, one of the mistakes to avoid we talked about was acting as if the Bible has nothing to do with me. And sometimes this may be danger of when we study the Bible, we can just try to get the right answer and forget that it's supposed to be life changing or supposed to be leading us to worship. That sounds like a horrible thing to do, but that is what we sometimes do. So we can just worry about getting the right answer, um, and it gets kind of abstract. Um, So we can act as if the Bible has nothing to do with us, or we can make the Bible all about us. And we look to add, and these are are on your notes and some, some things to avoid is uh, God says that to them so that he's saying it to, to, to me we have to be cautious doing that this happened then so it's going to happen now and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that and these words resonate with me I feel it so I'm going to take that even if it doesn't mean this and I'm going to get comforted by it well like well what does it mean so those are some, some uh, mistakes to avoid. Are there any questions from last week be- before we go into this week's content? Okay, great. We will go into some, some, some principles to, to practice here. And this first principle will not be a, a surprise to you because it's one we've talked about and we'll keep talking about. Uh, but the main thing in the text is the main thing God is saying to us. And, and by the main thing in the text, I don't mean what is said the most. It's just like what is, and, and and I know it's not always simple to say what is the meaning of this text or what is the purpose, but often it kind of pops. And we've looked at, 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 at some skills be between sometimes repeated phrases, the kinds of things that we ask ourselves, like, why was the author saying this? And we work hard trying to figure out, this is why he, he was saying this. Um, we've uh, looked at narrative at, 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 at the beginning and, and the end of the passage, but we really are concerned, what is the main thing in the text? Because the main thing in the text is the main thing that God is saying to us, that main, it's, it's, and, and it's not even just main truth, although that is part of it. So when we read a passage, such a good practice to say, yes, I was confused about that, I was confused about that, but what was the main thing? What was the main meal? Not was, what was some of the spices I smelt there, but what, but what was the meat? Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that together with uh, uh, Daniel 6. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Daniel 6, and we'll spend some time in Daniel 6. Daniel 6, does anyone know right off the top of the head what Daniel 6 is? anyone? It's Daniel in the lion's den. I know I spoiled it for you. because like, ah, we know this story. And so this is important reading skills to try to read it again for the first time. Uh, It's funny. I want to ask and will I... Uh, I won't say quiz, but ask Pastor Joshua about this later because there's this interesting thing where you want to, to, to kind of come to God's word with new eyes so that when you turn your Bible, you turn to Daniel 6, and it says, it spoils it at the top. Daniel, the line's done. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. I, I, at least I would have been, I wouldn't have known what chapter of Daniel this was, and it's ruined right there. I already know this story. Um, but there's also something, and you're doing this with Luke, is by getting to really know something. So there's that read it the first time, and then there's that read it again and again and again and again and kind of meditate on it. So maybe this week or, or, or another week, I was thinking, like, like how you balance that. Because, like, some reading plans will have you, like, read the same book for 30 days. And that's got its own kind of newness to it. So I don't know if that's a question now. I'm going to ask that question now. Yeah, well, it's just happened. Oh, no, okay, well, all you think about it. Okay, so, but because both of those are good skills, right? You, you want to read again and then go on to the next chapter. Um, and there's, there's, but there's also a benefit of, like, really knowing something and, like, memorizing Scripture. Like, for, 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 for those of us who are in transformation groups, one of the challenges and encouragement is to memorize Scripture, well, as you do that, you're also like, it's not like new every morning, but you start like getting it in a different way. So there's, there's room for both of those. We'll talk about it sometime. Okay, so Daniel 6, we've got too much to do anyways. Daniel 6, um, I, I'm going to read through it, although it's longer when I read it here. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll try and see how this, how this goes. Remember to listen to the beginning and the end of the story, and uh, we'll look at what the main thing is. It pleased Darius, now remember, you've never heard this story before, it's going to be very shocking. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom uh, 120 satraps. Well, that's some local context would help with that. To be throughout the whole kingdoms, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then the high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Dun, 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 right? We know it's going to go badly for Daniel here. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward, toward Jerusalem. So cool. When he knew it had been signed, he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the... Exiles, when was this book rendering the exiles? Okay, exiles from Judah pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed. That's kind of surprising. And set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, King, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded. And Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. That's pretty wild, right? And the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. And then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at break of day, it's pretty cool, right? It's like the emperor of the world cannot wait to see what happens. Anyways, then at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no, king of, no kind of harm was found on him because he, has trusted, because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den lions, they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces." The King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. It's a pretty cool, thrilling story. I hope it was worth reading that time. It's God's word, so um, at least I've got that going. But I know you know that, but I I want you to get some of the feel of it, some of the vibe of it. It's thrilling. What do you think is the main thing? If that's your daily Bible time, you say, ah, oh, it's Daniel Lions, then I'm gonna skip over it. What what stands out to you as a main thing? And you don't have to be right. We can just try. Lions eat children, not the main thing. Horror, horrible, but you know true, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Great. That, that, that God is is the Deliver that he rescues, right? Um, I think that that's really good. You know, really, I think that we could take anything at the end there. I think that Darius tells us, guys, this is the main thing. I'm the empire, the emperor of the old ancient world, and I'm going to tell you who this God is. He's the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. Here we see this great king with all these, all these underlings and. And his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel. So yeah, he delivers and rescues. So he so he's a deliverer. He's the living one. He's the king. Right? I mean that's some of the main things there. I think I I I I and as and as I was thinking about that, I thought about God being a delivering God because that kind of encapsulates the middle of the story too, right? Yes, there's lots of things that could show that He's King over everything, but here it shows Him Him rescuing, right? Um, any other main things kind of pop out to you? He's a delivering God is a really good main thing. Yeah, Joshua. Yeah. Changes, like, that's good.
1: That's the the feel of it that there's probably something important. That that's that's great. There. Yeah. And then it's kind of neat how the story itself can set you up by like repeating certain things like over and over. Mhm. To the, now I gotta really say something um, that might help you as you come to this story. <laughs>
0: okay, great, thank you. Yeah, uh, so so, and you might have noticed I couldn't stop it because all of a sudden there's a song at the end or a poem or it's this decree he's making, right? And you can tell it looks like poetry. And so God's word teaches us, or at least the translators help us, but God's word teaches us that this is thrilling here. So 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 so, thank you and. And, there, and there, is, there is repetition, and so that is a call to, to, to notice too. Um, so main thing is that God is living, he is, he, he is enduring, we see uh, Daniel's trust. So the main thing I think here is clear right so as we think about applying this and we could probably massage it further we can make a longer sentence we can make it because the be, and, and what's kind of fun to do with with God's word is how is maybe Daniel 6 different from 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 the other chapters and it, it can be fun to try to make a sentence that is particularly true of Daniel 6 because there are the other delivering chapters and in this chapter we see particularly this so that can be fun the main thing here is clear um god is sovereign over the nations pretty cool we see a little bit of the nations getting blessed here we see some abrahamic covenant working in even though it doesn't seem like 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 darius is a true is a true is a true believer but there's still like like the knowledge of god is spreading to the nations anyways so the main thing's clear i think we got to start on that Principle two, message of the text may play out differently in our context, right? So God is a delivering God. Principle two, the message of the text may play out differently in our context. How would that principle apply to Daniel 6? We know the message of the text. The main thing is God is a delivering, awesome, sovereign God, but it may play out differently. Can someone give me an example of how this might play out differently? Uh, the first one or the second one? Oh, oh Okay, so, um, so our context is this life here, okay? So we see this main thing that God is a delivering God, right? So what happens if all of a sudden it becomes illegal in America to pray, and we keep on with our daily habit of prayer, and we're thrown to lions? Does this text guarantee that we are going to be delivered from lions? No. Now, could God deliver us from lions? Sure, yes. Um, But we know that many saints have been martyred. That's part of how God works in the world. So knowing who God is and knowing what God can do doesn't mean that God has to act the same way right now, that that fact is still true about God, that God is still that delivering sovereign God. We may have to wait. There's a scene in in Revelation where the murdered saints are calling out for God to bring judgment upon those who have killed them. Right? That's a different delivering God than what we see here. Were those saints delivered ultimately by God, though? Yes, because they are in heaven worshiping the one true God. So the main thing we can rejoice in is that God is a delivering God. Now, um, and we'll get to more there. But it's pretty cool. Uh, uh, just, uh, uh, so we saw Daniel be, be, being rescued. Uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and, and Abednego, were they rescued from the fiery furnace? They were, but they said something kind of cool. In Daniel 3 verses 16 to 18, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and, and, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you in this matter, as you're getting ready to toss this in. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. I love this. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. If God doesn't deliver us, he's still the delivering God. So that's kind of a neat example, even in in Daniel, that the main thing, that the sovereign delivering God doesn't have to act the same way every time for that to to be true about him. So that is a true principle. We know that Jesus, we saw, has the power to heal, and he is going to heal the world, ultimately, right? Reversing the curse overall, healing every infirmity ultimately for eternity that we've ever had, every wart, But he may not choose to do that now, even if we really pray for him to take away the wort, which probably most of the time might be selfish. I don't know. Okay. So principle three here. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, are there any questions about any of those first two principles? Yes, Joshua. Not so much a question, but... uh, Yeah. Well, you can give those. (laughs) Any of you can. So so often when you're reading a story in the Bible, it's shaping your values. So even
1: in America... Mm. stories to our children about the founding of America or things like that that aren't necessarily like we're telling them George Washington didn't, whatever, he, whatever that story is. Yeah. I lived in South Africa for The a thing while, you didn't so do. Think. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not saying necessarily specifically, but we're telling that story to shape their values. Mm-hmm. And so as we read some of these stories, like in Daniel, they're shaping our values yeah. more than just like what to do if you're going to be thrown into mm-hmm. a lion's lion's den. And so then as we look at some of these stories, we could ask, well, how do they shape our values? Oh, neat. And in Daniel, we have more emperors yeah. than probably in any other book of the Bible coming and going who look like they, their laws and their rules are irrevocable. Yeah. And yet God just keeps getting done what he wants to get done. Yeah, They can't stop God. And so then that does play out in our situation right now because we can say, oh, I'm supposed to get courage from this that no matter what happens, mm. God's plan is getting done.
0: Now it's, 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 it, it, boy, that's really cool. And that, that adds layers to what the main things are, right? And, uh, and that is even the main thing of the book of Daniel. It was really comforting to the Jews as they see emperors rise and, and, and fall. But that is still like the the, the age where we're waiting for Christ return. Very cool. Um. Yeah, so shape minds. And like that is not wrong t- to take something that's not the main thing and be challenged by. Like here Daniel's uh commitment to pray three times a day, which he'd already been doing and he just keeps doing. There's all kinds of 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 good applications we can draw from that even if that's not the main thing. So it is it is good though. I think I th- I think that I think that some of those are easier to get. It is easier to model ourselves off of, and that is not bad. It's, it's easy to model ourselves off of Joseph who, 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 who ran away from, 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 from sexual temptation or Daniel praying. Um, and yet I think maybe something that can help e- even, even every passage is to be thinking what the main thing is. Um, let's look at one more principle here. The message of every part of the, go- of, of the Bible is gospel-shaped. And this has the idea, it should be seen through our knowing Christ, right? So we do uh, come to the other end of Daniel 6, and we know that God is a delivering, sovereign, living God. Um, and as Pastor Joshua just, j- just brought out, who continues to be living and sovereign during the uh, uh, times of this world's nations as governments continue to rise and fall and presidents come and go, that we still know who is reigning. But now we have this really special sweet knowledge, which, as you study Daniel, is prophesied that Christ is. We know who Jesus is, right? We know who that deliverer is. We know who that rescuer is. We know who that king is going to rule on earth is. Even in Daniel 7, oh my goodness, we can flip a page. So cool. Like, this is like one of the most important verses in in, in a scripture. Uh, Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions. And behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages, notice the song, should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. That the Jews were so blown away about a man being God is a little shocking when you read this passage, that all dominion should be given to him. It's an everlasting dominion. Uh, his kingdom shall, shall, shall never be destroyed. Uh, he's given glory. This is such a cool passage here. So we know ultimately who that king that we're celebrating, who the deliverer is, right? Like this is an easy one. Jesus is a great rescuer. Do you think you could have a very enjoyable Time in God's word in Daniel 6? Yeah, right? I mean, even if you had 15 minutes, I know what the main thing is. Pastor Joshua said to look for a little song, and there's a song there. This is thrilling. Um, and I know who that deliverer is. I know I'm waiting today for Jesus. I have hope, right? Or, or, or am I living in a way that is, that, is, that is waiting? Or am I living submitted to him as king? Right? Has he delivered me? Am I being thankful? Am I living in the light of that? There's so many ways that we could just follow strands there and, 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 and get so much to apply. Those are just a few principles. I wanted to apply to Acts 12, 1 through 24. Um, but we've got other stuff to do, so I'm sorry. But, 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 but we spent some time with Daniel 6. That would be a great exercise uh, for you to do at home or maybe with your families. Try those principles with Acts 12, verses 1 through 24. And we read those. That is the story there of of Peter being rescued from a prison. And just try, what is the main thing? Is God necessarily going to work in the same way now in this context? And how do I think about this knowing who, who the Savior is, who Jesus Christ is? Okay, well, let's try to spend a couple minutes. We're going to talk a little bit about kind of pulling these, these different skills together and what might that look like in, in a Bible time. And then we're going to uh, have some application points uh, that I read from another book that I thought were just, were just money. So um, first, like, how, how to do this in a Bible time? I think, I think some of this is you would know, but it'd be great to begin praying, Right? Like that, uh, a little book there gives some good ideas of things to be praying, to be praying joyfully and obediently and humbly and Christocentric, even saying, God, I want to know your son more. Um, that little book there, maybe you just talk, pray one of those each day and just cycle through them or a couple of them. Um, context. So I'm going to mix up the oral order a little bit. It's really useful when you start reading a book to know what the context is. So it, before reading Daniel, many of you have a study Bible. Some of even your non-study Bibles have a paragraph there that will place that book in, a, in, in its historical context. You know, so, so before you start reading a book, it, just, it could be totally, it just take a couple minutes to figure out, so when does Daniel take place? And, uh, and you could even do that the night before you start reading a, a new book. Oh, it takes place during the times of kings. It's, it's, it's written to the northern kingdom, and they're about ready to go into exile. Just a little bit of that is going is, 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 is to help with a Bible reading. Um, so pray context. Um, that, that context is going to be really helpful for you um, to read consistently through books. So, 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 so to read a book from beginning to end, it's not necessarily wrong to pick your favorite chapter and, or just open your Bible, but it's going to be way easier if you know the context. And then that would encourage you to read the book from, from, from beginning to end, which is going to help you many of your Bible readings to know and say, Oh, I'm going to be in Amos for the next nine days or Micah for the next uh, how, how, however many days. So you just do a little work on the front end, and then that sets you up for a week or two or four of, of Bible reading, or maybe longer. We're going to pray, context, read. Um, oh, if, if, If uh, any of you don't have a study Bible, the MacArthur Study Bible is a really good study Bible. I would recommend getting one. Um, Read. um, We know we've learned a lot about this. Just as fresh eyes as possible. Patience. You're not going to try try to solve every question. You may not. Don't even start reading like 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 all of the footnotes. You may not even read the footnotes, right? Um, or, or, Or your study Bible notes. Just read it with fresh eyes to be surprised, um, to get the feel, which is next. You know, like what is the vibe? What kind of genre is this? What are some of the expectations I should have? Meaning, what is the main thing that God is saying to you? And I don't, I don't mean just kind of like you personally, but to the original audience, that is that main thing that, that, that lasts till, 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 till now. And then applying it. And we always want to apply it, remembering uh, that God is so gracious and so kind to us, right? That we are going to seek to apply it, and we're going to need our Savior's help, and we're going to need His forgiveness, and we're going to sin, and we're going to um, um, plan for obedience. So, all of that in a very dependent, and humble, and hopeful way, because Jesus lives. And if you are in Christ Jesus, you have been resurrected right sin is no longer your master you've been rescued from slavery to sin so you are free to obey but it does take some some planning right like, how am I going to be? So I've got some, some, some questions here, and these are from, from, from a book that Smithhurst, I don't know if it's Smithhurst or whatever, he recommended, called, called Asking the, the, the Right Questions. And it's got a couple of really good chapters. Uh, uh, there's a, a, a chapter on applying that I think is fantastic. And so here are four questions to ask yourself that I think help with applying, God, applying God's word. And the first question is uh, what does God want me to think? What does God want me to think? It's a really good question. Um, We know that part of our salvation, part of what God has us doing in this world, is having our thinking transformed, not being conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So just not to think like, oh, wow, it must have been really hard being in Babylon. No. Okay, we don't want to think like, like like that. But to think, what is 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 true? What is true? What is true about God? And these are some great questions we, we we've used. What what, what, is, what does this teach about God or say about God? What does it say about people? What does it say about people's relationship with God, um, or about people's relationships with one another? What's true? Right? So for you to to jot down a truth or two, would that be pretty easy to jot down a truth or two from Daniel 6? Right? It's not just, wow, lions are really dangerous. Right? There's good truth. Right? We know who God is, right? Just even those last couple of verses there. Fantastic truths. Yeah. So what is what does God want me to think? How does my thinking need to align with his thinking? You might be panicking over over politics, or over worldwide war threats, but what does God want me to think? He is sovereign, he's king, he's he is delivering. Okay. The next question is, what does God want me to, to believe? What does God want me to believe? And when I read this question, my thought was exactly what he, what the author said it was going to be. How is this different from thinking? Okay, because so so, and he gave this kind of story about this famous guy in the 1900s or early 1900s uh, who, who 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 could walk across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. Right? Okay. Well, this guy got so good at this that he could carry someone on his back. And people would applaud, and isn't that wonderful? Right? And then there's this famous prince or something who's watching this, and the prince is then asked, well, well do you want me to carry you across? He's like, no. Right, well, was it true that this tightrope walker could? Yes, but did he believe it? a good example. He knew it was true, but did he believe it? So thinking the right way is learning. I know these things are true. Believing requires us to be submissive to that truth, to trust that truth. Do I believe in that truth enough for it to transform me? Am, am I willing to change because of this truth? Like, wow, right? Do I believe that God is enough of a deliverer or sovereign enough that that is going to change the way that I live this day? Well, I know, I know it's true. So I love that question. because Or, or, or and we could come up with, with, with uh, so many examples of, uh, 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 well, one example of, uh, I can't go there, but... Um, just all the things like, like, like do we really believe that, uh, that it's better to store up treasure in heaven than on earth? Oh, well, I know the Bible says that. I, I, I could think what it says, but do I really believe that? Or do I really believe that blessed are those who are persecuted? How about blessed are those who mourn? Blessed are the, do, do I really believe that? And not just believe that blessed part. But 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 that whole reason why that blessed are those who are mourned for they shall be comforted. Do I believe that enough to mourn? Yeah, James. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, no, that is right. So 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 the distinction between knowing and 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 believing. Yeah. Um, so what does God want me to believe? The third is, what does God want me to desire? And this can get even, uh, because you can believe something. Like, I believe, I believe that it's better to store up treasure in heaven than on earth. I'd be insane to not believe that, right? Heaven's going to last for eternity. This, this this, life is fleeting. But what do I desire? Like, what do I want? Oh, this is, this is, this is getting hard here. Okay, um... What, what we desire, it's what we should want and long for and cling to and value. It is what motivates us. Um, um, some of this has to get our, our emotions engaged with these questions. So I believe it, but do, but do I want it? Like, like, like some of us, so, so we are different people and the fall affects us in different ways. Some of us are not very hopeful right? Our, our, our natural bent may be despair. So um, am I hoping? Am I hoping, right? No, I'm just dreading persecution. Wait, but am I hoping that, am I confident? Do I have expectancy that the reward is better than the persecution? Or am I being thankful? Has my complaining natural bent towards the morning? Has that turned towards thankfulness? Has my pride and self sufficiency has it turned toward humility? Has my general oblivion about my sin or the state of the world has it turned towards mourning? Has my self focus and my concern about myself has it turned into a liberating joy? Right. So 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 what? So am I am I getting involved? And you can see how right there we are like praying, right? Like like God, I know this. I'm working at believing it. I want it to affect me. I want my affections involved with this. Lord, what do you want me to desire? Should I be hoping? Should I be thankful? Should I be humble? Should I be rejoicing? Should I be repenting? How do I need to get involved here? So what does God want me to to desire? And the fourth is, what does God want me to do? Right? So can I go a step further and can I say, ah, this is something I need to do differently this day. So if I know that I'm supposed to love him with all my heart, soul, and mind, and I believe it, yes, that is the best way to be. I'm even even excited here. I'm wanting it a little bit. What do I need to do with my distractions from my smartphone that keep distracting me from loving God with all my heart, soul, and mind? No, I need to put my phone across the room because it keeps distracting me. I do that. I put it out of reach with a little question mark. Like, why am I picking up my phone? Mm -hmm. So that is just a simple do. Um, and, and and this kind of gets to thinking through that text well is what the main thing is. You know, because because we can look at the rich Young ruler, and Jesus commanded him to sell everything that he owned. This is, you know, and, and, and one time it's Mark 10, 17 to 27, and, uh, and, and, and to give it to the poor. And we could be thinking, oh, well, that's what I need t- to do. I can't say no, but that's not Jesus specifically commanding that to you, right? So we have to be thinking, so, so what is the main thing here? What are the truths? What should I be believing? What does God want me to desire? What does God want me to do? The application for you might be like, well, I need to stop dating these guys who's not saved or, or, or whatever. The application could be very different for you than selling everything that, 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 that is keeping you uh, from Christ. It's whatever is keeping you from Christ to run from it, I think. I just tossed it out there. Okay, um, or, 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 or uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 1 and 2 right? Um, you may not be boasting in your favorite radio preacher. You don't have little gangs where you like beat up other people who like Piper more than Joshua Mack, right? Um, so that's good. It's good. But the real question is, what are you boasting in? Right? What am I tempted to place confidence in? Right? Because that's really where the foolishness of, cro- of the cross undoes everything, whether it is our savings account or our health um, or our popularity? What am I boasting in? Okay. Let's see here. I want to give a little promo for the next class. But Joshua, did, did you have time to think about, about that question while you were listening? Yeah, <laughs> so the core of the question is, I'm, I'm just trying to like, 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 we want to read Daniel 6 again with fresh eyes. But we also see benefit of like memorizing the same chapter, yes. or maybe reading Titus once a day, straight through for 30 days. And we, come to, we get kind of bored for a little bit, and we kind of come out of the boredom, I think, at times, and be like, "Oh, oh, I see what Paul's doing here, and it's so exciting. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Because Will's going to give you the mic if you have, and if not, you can say no."
1: Yeah. I guess Because um, we're thinking the same thing. Yeah, repeatedly. Yeah, Part of the goal is so that I can see in a fresh way okay so uh, the more information i so having read daniel over and over and over again part of what that enables me to do is see things that i haven't seen before yeah
0: great yeah yeah yeah. yeah. thank you so 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 like that could be a way that some of you could could, could kind of tackle bible reading and uh pastor um, um, pastor macarthur grace community church is a big advocate of this read, read the same book for 30 days you know, so, so, so read through First John 30 times. Could you imagine reading through Daniel? And if you just listen to it on your car drive 30 times straight through. If it, you're going to have to slap yourself when you're kind of bored a little bit. But, uh, but you would see things that you probably have never seen seen. So there's benefits of both kinds of reading. Maybe you could challenge yourself to do some of both. Some, 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 some kind of depth reading, which I think is what we're doing through Luke. I've been encouraged how many of you have started listening through the, the Luke sermons uh, a, a, again, or starting reading through Luke again, and I'm feeling it, right? The more you're, you're deeply rooted in this book, you're seeing things, it's popping, but there's also the pop, like, wow, I've not read Ezekiel in my entire life, and I'm, you read it, and you're like, whoa, one is trippy. I just tried to imagine that, and um, I thought I was on drugs, right? So some of that wonder, not that I know what that is, but some of that wonder is kind of like, whoa, so both kinds of Bible reading. Okay, thank you. The next class, so, so I've got, I don't know if I put the dates on that, I think I did. Um, I don't know where the note sheet is. Can someone tell me if the dates are on that? Yeah, they, are. they are, okay, great. So it is, it, it is a little four week class, May 29th, June 12th, June 19th, and June 26th. Um, and the goal of that class is to help you be ready Um, When God gives you a listening ear, I don't mean gives you a listening ear, but really, you're going to need that listening ear first. And you're you're asking someone some some spiritual conversations, learning some about their worldview, and you get an opportunity to say, I think this person has a few minutes, and I'm going to ask them, can I share with you the story of the Bible? Hmm? Can I share with you the story of the Bible? Do you think that people could be open to that question? Yeah, right? Lots of people have never read the Bible, and if you were to tell them in a few minutes, I could tell you, tell them the whole story of the Bible. I think that that we have such a a non-Christian age with so much misconceptions about what the Bible is, so much confusion, and maybe even a lot of church people could not do that, and maybe some of you don't feel confident that you can do that. And so that's what I want to help you do. Really, it's going to be learning the same kinds of stuff that Pastor Joshua has been, been, been teaching us as we go through, through Luke. But what is the story of the Bible? Now, there's going to be some homework. There will be a little memorization work. Um, but you can do it. You can do it. This is the kind of stuff you can do while, while, while in line, cautiously, while driving. It's, it, it, it's, it's going to be pretty easy. Um, But I do want to get some some small resources, and so what I'd like you to do is to uh, go online and register. So if if you I, I sent out a link this week, which there's multiple sheets there on the Google document. You can register your attendance for this class. I'd love to know how many times you've, you've come. There's 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 no shame or glory. I didn't actually get get get, get any patches done. Sorry. There's there's there, there there's no medals. Um, but you can but you can register your, your attendance. Um, or or but you can register for the upcoming class. Uh, because because we're starting to get, to get an idea about how many people are. Uh, 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 are here. And there's just a few resources I would like to get into your hands. Please, let's get one for everyone. So you're not really, mean, yes, you might be saving a couple bucks. If, if you really want to share with your spouse, it's fine. But make sure that, that the teens get, get theirs. And because I would want everyone to have their own resource, this is going to be pretty easy. You're going to learn to share the gospel in between like three to five minutes. Ah, I, I almost didn't say that. I say gospel. It is, but it's, but it, but it, but it, but it's the good news. It's taking someone who doesn't have a Christian background and telling them what the whole story uh, of the Bible is. So... I hope you're looking forward to that. Uh, the, the 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 first class is on is on Memorial Day weekend. Some of you may be traveling. Do not think that that means you shouldn't take this class. Okay, I'm gonna tr- we're gonna do this here so that you will have it done before you take any mission trips this summer. So before you go to Alaska, before you go to South Africa, before you go to the Czech Republic, before you go to v- to VBS, okay? So you're going to have this learned so that you're going to be able to make it yours. And I first learned this, I don't know if it was 10 years ago, and without too much thinking, I can just just, just, just go back, and it's just a really neat way to summarize the whole story of, of the Bible. Okay? I'm going to close in prayer, and then please, if you've got any questions, let's talk more. Now, Father, I thank you so much for your word. And you are so kind, Lord. We have brothers and sisters in the world today who don't have a copy of, of, uh, of your word. And so, Lord, help us to be faithful with this. Uh, Lord, help us to not be perfectionists who get so overwhelmed by the size of your word uh, or, or by the fact that we don't know everything. And uh, help us to be finite humans. We are limited. Help us to have a plan tonight about how we're going to be in your word tomorrow. Please, Father, help us to be people who are humble, who get accountability from one another. Uh, I pray, Lord, that we would be able to, uh, to uphold one another in prayer. And um, Lord, we wanna be people who are learning from your word. Lord, we thank you that these are skills that we can cultivate. Help us to be good listeners and uh, help us to uh, really be enjoying your word, bringing the appropriate response. Help us to be people who can um, say that they've read through all of scripture and do so again and again, but help us also to be people who enjoy going deep as, as well. Thank you so much. You're so kind, Lord, and we do pray for your blessing on the rest of this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all.